Hi friends, welcome to another episode of Making Disciples. So we are walking through at the moment the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus invites us to be discipled in the way of the kingdom. He invites us to walk in his footsteps for him to be our rabbi and us to be his disciple. And the way to do that is we have to go to the teaching of Jesus. We have to go to what does what is it that Jesus actually tells us to do? What's it look like for us to to live and work and behave in the way of Jesus? And in this podcast it's discipleship that's what we're covering. Uh, and we're doing that in this season by walking through the Sermon on the Mount, looking at the teachings of Jesus and asking the question, what does it look like for us to walk in the way of Jesus? So we're going to be walking today through Matthew chapter 5, verses 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, something like that. Just about five verses through the Sermon on the Mount. It's really lovely uh, for you to be with us. If this is your first episode that you're joining us on, warm, warm welcome. It's great having you with us. Those that have been listening for a while, thank you for still listening. Thank you for being here. Thank you for keep investing into your discipleship. And a massive thanks to those of you that have supported the podcast in the last few months by buying us a coffee. Uh, what you know, we don't charge for the podcast. It's something that we just we do as we want to serve the church. Uh, we put the effort and the time into all the preparation. Uh, and we said, look, if you want to support us back for for what we are kind of putting out, then the way to do that is to buy us a coffee. And you can do that going to the link in the show notes. And uh, for a small amount of money, you can buy us a coffee. And I'm sat here today with my cup of coffee that one of you has bought. Uh, and I'm drinking that coffee while recording the episode. So massive thank you to those of you that have supported the podcast in that way. If you like what I talk about today as well, you would definitely love the Bible Book by Book. It's a book that we published many, many years ago. It's just been relaunched in the last 12 months. Won awards last year for the best Bible reference book for 2022. Some of the content that I'm going to be saying today about this passage from Matthew actually comes directly from uh, the Bible Book by Book. So you may want to go and check that out out here we go let's jump in let's jump into this episode today where jesus talks about the bible and he talks about how he has not come to uh, destroy the old testament but he's actually come to fulfill it so here we go let's jump in as we explore matthew chapter 5 verses 17 onwards So here we go. Let's talk about Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, 18, 19 and 20. I'm entitling this episode Old Law versus Jesus's New Law of Grace. Does Jesus come to give us a whole new religion? Does Jesus come to dismantle the old religious ways? and give us a new religion did jesus come to start a new religion called christianity or did jesus come to do something else see some people see jesus as a jewish teacher who came to bring about uh, a revolution uh, a, a new way of seeing judaism a new fulfillment to judaism Others see him as a revolutionary who came to leave Judaism altogether and start something new. And I don't think 
it's either of those things really i think the passage that we're about to look at today shows us how jesus is trying to bring a fulfillment of judaism is trying to bring completion to not a revolution of so the debate that was around 2000 years ago it was a debate that was being lived out it was debated on the steps it was debated at the dinner table it was debated in the synagogues it was debated on the road it was this how much of the torah do i as a believer of god have to live out how much do i need to live out and the pharisees you see they believed friends that you had to live out all of it to the letter of the law and more and what had happened was the the pharisees said we live out the torah which is genesis exodus leviticus numbers and deuteronomy uh, they also want us to live out levitical law the book of deuteronomy and you know the prophets they wanted us to live out all of it and they wanted us to live out some other texts so other texts were things like the mishnah and it was like an extended oral tradition or oral torah and the mishnah was like extra laws that had been created to make sure that we don't break the rule so for example you know a silly example would be uh, do not kick your football over your garden fence so the Torah would say, don't keep the, your football over the, over the garden fence. The Mishnah would say, well, actually, don't kick a football at all. Like, if you don't want to kick a ball over the fence, just don't kick a football. So the law became, don't kick the football. Now, that's, that's me kind of giving you a silly example. Yes, you're allowed to kick footballs, friends, don't worry. But the idea was, if the Torah said, don't do something, then the Mishnah said, well, don't even do that thing. Like, keep us far away from that issue altogether. So you're not even tempted to kick the football over the fence. If you don't even have a football in your vicinity, you're not going to kick it over. So it would go one step further. And the, the, the Pharisees said, look, you, we've got the the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, we've got the Ten Commandments, we've got the book of Leviticus, and we've got the Mishnah, this extended oral Torah. And then they would also have something else, friends, called the Midrash. The Midrash was another collection of writings, and they were exegetical texts. They were, were books that would explore uh, in more detail things like the Ten Commandments. And rather than just saying, well, the Ten Commandments says, you know, love you, your father and mother, the uh, Midrash would go further and say, well, what does it mean to love your father and mother? Well, loving your father and mother means celebrating their birthdays. So you must do that. And it also means uh, that you would go to visit them at Hanukkah. So you must do that. So in other words, the Mishnah and the Midrash were extended rules and laws. The Mishnah was oral. Midrash was written down. Uh, but they were extending the rules so you couldn't break the law. Okay. So then there was this debate, well, how much of these laws do I need to live out? And the Pharisees said, all of it, all of it, and to the letter of the law. And Jesus, at the start of the Sermon on the Mount, says this, Matthew 5, 17. Do not think that I have come to uh, abolish the law, which is the Torah, or the prophets. I've not come to abolish them, but I've come to fulfill them. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, 
Not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law, the Torah, until everything is accomplished. Therefore, anybody who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices the teachings of these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. So here you've got Jesus saying two things, friends. Number one, I've not come to abolish the law. You do have to live out the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers and Deuteronomy. You do need to live out the prophets. You do need to live out Levitical law. You need to live out all of it. That, that is the rule. I have not come to change that rule. And he says, in fact, you've got to really do it. He says, for I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Because this is just the truth, friends. The truth is, if we want to work our way to the kingdom of God, if we're going to get there through our own means, then the only way to do it is to live out every single law perfectly. Now, I think Jesus is saying this with what I describe as a bit of a nudge, nudge, wink, wink. He is like, you can't do it. You can't do it. And he knows that he is the answer to the fact that we can't do it. So this passage kind of gets put together alongside what we know about Jesus and the gospel. The gospel is this. We can't do it on our own. Therefore, we need Jesus. So the the Jewish way of getting to God is to live out the letter of the law perfectly. So Jesus says, do not think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets, but I have come I've not come to abolish them, but I have come to fulfill them. So friends, nothing in the law, in the Torah, was ever to be deleted and still today cannot be deleted. I think we just got to go back for a second and relook at what Jesus is saying here. He says, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come to fulfill them. Now, friends, the word there plaru or it can be said plararo plararo can be translated as to fulfill but i love the fact it can be translated as to wear so jesus says i have not come to abolish the law but i have come to wear them I've come to put them on. I've come to wear the Torah like the law. I've come to complete it. I've come to show you what it looks like to live this stuff out. In other words, you've got all these rules and regulations in the Old Testament. And Jesus now has come not to tell us what to do with them, but to show us what it looks like to wear them out, to be somebody who lives out this stuff. So Jesus says, I have come to show you how to wear it. So in Exodus 35, 2, it tells us that we can't work on the Sabbath. Now, what's really interesting, Jesus does work on the Sabbath. He, he uh, heals people and he teaches on the Sabbath. So he comes to show us this law and how to live it out all the rules 
and regulations of the Old Testament. The purpose of them was to help the people know how to live pure and clean lives. And these rules and regulations of the Old Testament at the time, let's just go backwards a second, many of them, friends, were incredibly progressive. It was a way of pulling culture forward. So what we look back in the Old Testament and see is old and outdated laws were actually incredibly progressive. So example, Exodus 21.7 uh, tells us about if you're selling your daughter, then make sure when you do get a good price for her. In other words, make sure you communicate her value and make sure you get a good owner for her who will be able to look after her. So don't just sell her to anybody. Don't sell her into prostitution. Don't sell her into somebody that will turn into a slave. Sell your daughter to somebody who is going to give her the value that she is worth. This was a massive step forward. Now, from where we are now, it's going backwards, okay? But it was a massive step forward. Rules like Deuteronomy 22, 21 that said that a wife, if out shopping, she shouldn't buy clothes of mixed fiber. Well, why not? Well, the answer is that there were pagan pagans around at the time who worshipped different gods, who wore clothes of mixed wool and linen. And a way of differentiating between the pagans and the Jewish women was that we, we're going we're gonna to dress differently. We're not going to dress like everybody else. Therefore, don't wear clothes of mixed fibres because this is one way of communicating that you follow the God Yahweh. It was a progressive step forward away from pagan religion to a new religion. So what about Deuteronomy 22 verse 9? It reads that... A village should come together and stone anybody for planting different crops side by side. What? What a bizarre Levitical law. This little Levitical law was about making sure that people rotate their crops to avoid soil from becoming exhausted. It was a step forward in how to plant and make sure that your land stayed productive. So there's all these incredible laws in the Old Testament. And Jesus says, friends, not one of them should be deleted. They, they need to say, we need to keep living out these rules. It's like, what? Really? We need to keep living out these rules. Remember, Jesus says, I've not come to abolish the law, but I've come to fulfill them. I've come to wear them and show you what to do with them. And the Sermon on the Mount, everything that's going to come from this point on, is Jesus showing us how to live out the laws of the Old Testament. And Jesus plays a rabbinical teaching game called Stringing Pearls. We've talked about this before. On the podcast, stringing pearls is when you take a pearl of wisdom and you hang it against lots of other pearls of wisdom and you make a pearl necklace of what would be pearls of wisdom, pearls of teaching. And what Jesus is doing is taking a pearl from Deuteronomy, taking a pearl from liturgical law, pearl from the Exodus story, and he's rehanging them together in the Sermon on the Mount to create a new teaching from old teaching. So that's what Jesus has come to do. So what do we do, friends, with all these Bible verses that just seem absolutely potty about selling your, selling your daughter and not working on the Sabbath and not wearing clothes and mixed fiber uh, and making sure you rotate your crops? Like, what do we do with this? And the key thing for friend for us friends to realize is this: throughout Leviticus, G, uh, Moses, sorry, Moses is speaking to the children of Israel. He's speaking to God's people and he's giving them instructions 
in how to live out their faith in the land as as almost this nomadic group of people who are starting to put down roots and under the law that God gives them they start to work out how to live in the setting that they're in so when Moses says don't get mold on your tent and if you do make sure you cut the chunk of mold off we're like what do you do what's that going to do with today it's it's teaching that goes specific to a particular group of people in other words Moses who was a part of writing this law given to him by God he's writing down this stuff for a specific group of people in a specific setting so who who is the book of Leviticus for let's just ask this question for a moment and here's just 14 times the answer to who is this book for gets answered so Leviticus 1 to speak unto the children of Israel and say to them Leviticus 4 2 speak unto the children of Israel saying Leviticus 11:22 speak unto the ch- unto the children of Israel saying Leviticus 12 2 15 2 17 2 18 2 19 2 Leviticus 22 21 1 23 2 24 2 25 2 and then 27 2 speak unto the children of Israel saying to them so a lot of these laws in the Old Testament were being spoken to a particular group of people living in a particular place at a particular time so if you read the book of Leviticus and you're thinking to yourself this just does not add up for the context of my life friends no because it was written to a specific group of people the children of Israel hang on hang on Chris but aren't we adopted into God's family aren't we now children of Israel are we not pulled into God's family friends we are adopted into God's family through Jesus we are not a Jewish family we are not a Jewish family living in the Middle East in tents in a particular setting. We are adopted into God's family. And Jesus has come to fulfill the law. He's come to show us obedient, what an obedient life looks like. He's come to show us what disobedience looks like and how it brings and looks like death. Jesus comes to show us what obedience looks like. Notice that Jesus didn't say that the old law's no good. Don't worry about it. We're going to abolish that. He said, this is what he did. Instead, he said, I have come to fulfill it. I've come to show you what it looks like. I've come to put on flesh and blood. Friends, it's not, Jesus does not come to say, that we have to live out the letter of the law but what he does is he shows us the spirit of the law jesus now draws out in the sermon on the mount the spirit of the law what does it mean to live out the spirit of the law so for example don't kick a football over your garden fence because it's just going to irritate your neighbor every time you knock on their door you could say, well, the law is you can't kick a football over the fence. The spirit of the law is you are just going to irritate your neighbour. Don't irritate your neighbour. So the, the letter of the law was say, well, I can't kick a football over the fence, but I can throw a cricket ball. I can't kick a football, but I can irritate my neighbour with loud music. So that's allowed. And Jesus is trying to show us what the spirit of the law, don't 
just don't irritate your neighbor. So there's a difference between the letter of the law and the spirit of the law. The letter of the law says you must not kick a football over and therefore don't kick a football over. The spirit of the law says don't irritate your neighbor. Don't do things that are just going to irritate your neighbor. So Jesus is coming to not abandon the Old Testament, but to put it on and to show us what the spirit of the law is about. So, for example, it says in Exodus 25 too that we should not walk on the work on the Sabbath. We shouldn't teach. You shouldn't go for long journeys and walks. Uh, you shouldn't pull your donkey out of a ditch. You shouldn't do any of this stuff. And then Jesus starts doing some of this stuff. And the Pharisees go, Jesus, but you are breaking the law. And Jesus is trying to say, no, no, no. There's a difference between um, the letter of the law and the spirit of the law. The spirit of the law is that God wants us to have a Sabbath to rest and to do things for his glory. And Jesus teaching and loving people and, and healing people is not breaking the letter of the law, but is fulfilling the spirit of the law to honor God on the Sabbath. As you start to look through the New Testament, you start to see this kind of worked out as people start to realize there's a difference between the letter of the law and the spirit of the law. A really good example would be this Peter. Peter, very much living out the letter of the law, and then God speaks to him. He speaks to him uh, in Acts 10 uh, when he shows Peter that actually there's, it's important, you know, do not eat meat of animals with split hooves you know in other words don't eat pigs don't eat uh, animals that are unclean and that was the letter of the law and then jesus says to peter actually peter uh, if i've made it clean it is now clean you can now eat um bacon for the and it was, there was a reason for it the purpose was so that the gospel message could be taken to those that outside of the jewish faith so the the letter of the law said you can't eat uh, bacon but the spirit of the law said you can particularly when it means that you're going to enter into the house of somebody uh, who is not a believer and you get to now go and share faith in that place um, so that this gospel message can go further so Peter was wrestling through well, what does it mean to be a Jew in a missional world do I have to keep living out these Old Testament laws and Jesus said well no actually if it, if you could take this gospel message to those now that don't know me yes go eat eat the bacon I'm making it clean for you so that's a really good example another example would be in uh, Acts 15 there's a whole discussion around circumcision and what does it mean to to be saved and um, Jews always had to be circumcised and now this gospel message was leaving the Jewish people going further in field. Do we still need to circumcise people if they become a follower of Yahweh? And the conclusion was, well, actually, the letter of the law and the spirit of the law. Why do we do circumcision? Well, the circumcision was an outward sign of God's salvation. And then the conclusion came, well, actually, the spirit of the law is make yourself ritually clean and now jesus is doing that on the cross so we don't have to do circumcision anymore so things started to change as jesus had fulfilled the law hang on so i've just recorded this episode i'm just hitting pause and i'm just about to wrap the episode up and i just thought to myself i just need to go back and add something right now because i'm just thinking i'm just talking about how um, suddenly we can eat bacon and suddenly you didn't need to be circumcised 
And there's a danger there that some people may start going around going, well, do you know what, Chris? Does it mean that if I want to go out clubbing and I want to get drunk and I want to uh, get high, uh, that's okay now because as long as I'm telling people about Jesus while I'm doing it, uh, then it's all good. Well, you know, Peter was now able to eat bacon as long as he was telling people about Jesus. So maybe I could just do drugs and uh, get high uh, if it means that uh, I could tell people about Jesus. Uh, back up. Hang on. Um, don't. That's a terrible excuse. Um, Jesus gave Peter permission uh, and told Peter clearly uh, that the, this needed to change. That if the gospel message was going to go further, then this was going to be a, st a sticking point that needed to be liberated. And it also related to the fact that uh, there was a difference in there was a change that happened when God's people were living in tents. Uh, to living in cities when they lived in tents the reason why they couldn't eat meat uh, eat pig's meat particularly was because pig's meat had worms and it was really hard to cook pig's meat uh so you knew it was it was so well cooked uh, that it was edible and you weren't going to get worms people got worms from uncooked or not well cooked pig's meat when you're living in the city people start having different ways of cooking meat suddenly actually people were not getting sick from eating pig uh, so actually there's a mechanical change there's a historical change there as well so it was things that were happening understanding was changing uh, so actually god gives permission to something and i think this is where the people of god come in um because it gets debated in, in the book of acts in acts 10 it gets debated about is this true or not uh, in the same with circumcision it gets debated in jerusalem uh, and, and and a change happens if you are trying to use trying to change the christian faith and the foundations of christian faith so that you can get away with something that's radically different and i just want to kind of say that before we go any further don't use uh yeah don't you go changing what is possible or not possible uh, particularly if the communion of saints is against you on that if, if the church say well actually you know the bible says one thing the communion of saints say another the spirit is saying something else this just is not washing with us and then the answer is no like don't go changing that thing uh, even if you really want to i hope that kind of makes sense and we're going to jump straight back into the episode now the law in in fulfilling the law uh, some of these rules and regulations of the old testament no longer needed to be there so the law was never going to disappear the torah but it was going to be fulfilled. The law was fulfilled by Jesus 2,000 years ago and will continue to be fulfilled until his return. The death and resurrection of Jesus fulfilled that Levitical law. And friends, the law still stands because it's the law that we're going to be judged against. But Jesus is the fulfillment of that law. We cannot say that Jesus fulfilled the sacrificial system but did not fulfill the other aspects of the law. Jesus either fulfilled all of the law or he fulfilled none of it. What Jesus' death means for the sacrificial system, it also means for other aspects of the law and the Torah, the Levitical law and the, and the uh, Ten Commandments. Jesus fulfills the law so that we do not have to. Jesus fulfills it so that we can eat bacon. Jesus fulfills it so we don't have to be circumcised to show that we're literally pure. So Jesus has come to fulfill it. 
And I think this understanding of that Jesus has not come to destroy it, but he's come to wear it, he's come to put it on, he's come to wear the law as he dies on the cross. But I think there's also this beautiful understanding that Jesus has come to show us what it looks like. So if you want to know how to live out the rules and regulations of the Old Testament, then the answer is to look at Jesus. Watch Jesus. See how he does it as you come across that exodus passage that says that you should do nothing on the sabbath we then look to jesus well how does jesus fulfill this he fulfills it by loving and caring and healing and restoring people sabbath is actually about restoration it's not about control it's not about forcing you to do nothing it's about you becoming a person of restoration so we go to Jesus to see what it looks like to live out those Levitical laws. And what we're going to do in the coming weeks as we read through the Sermon on the Mount, we are basically going to look at how does Jesus tell us to fulfill the letter of the law, how to fulfill the spirit of the law. So that's what we're going to be exploring. Wow, that's a lot to whiz through in 25 minutes. Some of you will have gone, well, it's really interesting. I found this really interesting about the the, the uh, Mishnah and the Midrash and the, the, the oral traditions and that Jesus came to fulfill all this. Some of you were like, wow, what do I do with this? Friends, what we do with this is to simply ask the question, look, if Jesus is the one that fulfills the law and the prophets, Jesus, if Jesus is the one that's come to complete the rules and the regulations, then the answer is, have we accepted this Jesus as the fulfillment? Have we said yes to this Jesus? Have we said yes to him? It's possible to partly say yes to Jesus and still be a religious Pharisee. Somebody who goes around pointing the finger with shoulds and oughts. You should do this. You ought to do this. You need to behave. You need to stop doing that. Like with some spiritual dinner lady wagging our finger at those that are not living this stuff out. Have we accepted Jesus as the fulfillment of all of it? Or are we behaving like modern day Pharisees? That is a question that we have to ask ourselves. That's ultimately what we get down to. Jesus says that he's not come to do away with the law. He's not come to argue against it. He's not come to say we can't, you know, that stuff isn't important. But he's come to fulfill it. He's come to complete it and show us what it looks like to live this stuff out. That's what we're exploring in future weeks friends i hope you found that interesting as we start to look at the sermon on the mount and particular particularly a very difficult verse to try and get our head around what it's all saying friends until next time grace and peace have a really good week and i hope that that has helped you unlock something at the start of the sermon on the mount grace and peace <laughs>